I'm Debbie Godfrey, and welcome to Season 2 of the Positive Parenting Pep Talks podcast, where I'll be answering your questions about positive parenting. So sit back and listen to what some parents have asked and what my suggestions are for them. And please remember to like, subscribe, and share, and give us a great review if you like this Pep Talks podcast. Thank you so much for being here, and happy parenting. Okay, so Karen, do you have another question? I do not. Okay, and Emily, any more? <laughs> I'll go check my email. No, I, uh, no I, I mean, I guess later at the next one, maybe you can talk about the drinking thing because I hadn't even thought about that. <laughs> the drinking Yeah, thing. well, I'll That's tell nice. you, it, it, sneaks, it sneaks up on you. <laughs> you know, when you I mean, we're not there anywhere near there, but... No, you, know, you don't like, imagine them dating and drinking and going off. Yeah, and it's just all of a sudden they're teenagers, and then you have to address all these things. Um, that, yeah, I mean, we can next time if you think there's a context for it, but really it's just uh, it's going to go back to one of those things where everybody has a different value system with it. So mm-hmm. you're going to want to figure out how you are going to respond to things and handle them. It, and it's going to vary depending on how young. I mean, luckily my kids, and I, we're all late bloomers, so they, my kids didn't really start experimenting with stuff till they were older, whereas some of you parents are going to have to deal with this stuff. I mean, as early as fifth, sixth grade, kids are getting into things and stuff. So I know. it's. I mean, not all of them, and, you know, some of them can make it through junior high and high school, but, you know, everything is out there. And so um, you, guys, you guys are going to have to discuss with your spouses, and I – I'm an advocate for keeping things pretty open and the communication going, but not everybody's comfortable with that. So um, it's not, I can't really advise anybody on the values. It's you pick your values and then use the stuff we do in class to kind of get you there. And um, and I will say that for me personally, my my parents have said, this is not drinking, this is getting pregnant. Like, like you should not, um, have sex till you're married, and they didn't. They were, you know, married when my mom was 19 or whatever, and then two years later they had me and all my brothers and all that stuff, and they didn't have sex before they were married, supposedly. And every single one of us, me and all three of my brothers, and I know I'm saying my English wrong, but we all had kids out of wedlock. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just look at that and I go, you know, I just don't think the preaching thing works real well. And right. so with my kids, I just took a much different tactic of um, being honest and being open with things. I mean, we went through um, kids wanting to get tattoos, kids wanting to get things pierced, kids, you know, I mean, my kids have wanted to experiment and explore in all areas, and I've got stories with all kinds of things. And pretty much they've been really mellow, you know, as compared to me and other kids I know in terms of what they've experimented with and how long they've waited to experiment with things. And um, and I've been really happy with the results. And none of them got pregnant out of wedlock, you know, like, or without intention. Actually, my daughter, Brianna, did, but they chose to have a baby before they got married, and then they got married. But um, they were, it wasn't like me where it was all accidents. And <laughs> right. <laughs> Whatever. And so, so just taking that approach to be more open to keep the communication going, that was yeah. like my tactic based on my experience. So each of you have to take what did you learn growing up, 
what, how can you take whatever you learned and how your parents did it, what they did well, what they didn't do well, and what are you going to do? And that's, that's what you want to start working towards is the, um, the thinking about philosophically how are you going to handle this and then how can you start incorporating that at age-appropriate levels early, early so that you have the conversation going. I've done things like had notebooks with my kids um, like journals where I'll write to them and they write back to me. And we started that really young, Brianna and I. And doing, because her, her and I had, she wasn't so um, good about talking about things, but we could write things to each other. So whenever she had questions about puberty and different stuff like that, we would always write them to each other. And so just figuring out a way to keep, yeah, to keep the communication open. And whereas my middle one, she talked about everything. It's like, oh, TMI, Michelle. <laughs> You know, so they're just all very, very different. And um, keeping the communication open, though, I think I could pretty much say across the board that's going to benefit you. Even if you have really strict stances on certain things, um, you will get away you from know, that. You know, it's interesting because I feel like my husband's family is French. He's French. And so they're, you know, wine is, like, very much at every meal. And um, the kids have all had little... Yeah, nudity all over the place. Right. Yeah, well, no, I mean, it's just moderation, but it's very, um, like, they have a very European stance where it's, like, kids are entitled to taste the wine, or and, it, and it's fine, and I feel like we're very open with it, but then I wonder, huh, I wonder if, there, if, if it could go one of, you know, two ways. It could be like, well, this is just part of life. We're not going to overdo it. Like, we see that this is, or it could go, like, this is, you know, this is old news. We're going to move on to the next harder thing, or you know, I don't know. I'm a, so it's it's interesting to think about like being. You know, I'd like to keep the lines open, like you're saying, but yeah, and and, and statistically, know. yeah, statistically, that is the case. So in the French culture, I actually hadn't thought about it in French, but I know with Jewish culture, we're raised with wine from very early on, and there's very little alcoholism in these in the cultures where it's part of your um, whatever that you're raised with and whereas mm -hmm. when you look at say Native Americans it was never part of their culture and so when it got introduced the Native American population rampant alcoholism yeah and it's because of the way that it's not it hasn't been a part of that culture forever and in the con in a correct context it doesn't become a problem and so then I think every other culture is somewhere in between you know these these extremes, and so so that's again that's in your favor that you get to keep drinking your wine. <laughs> okay, you know? good. Oh yeah, culturally, culturally the French aren't alcoholics, or they're not raising alcoholics, right? I mean, they, you know, there was right. a great book I read a while back. It was called French Women Don't Get Fat, and it was about that exact same thing. You have a nice piece of chocolate and a really nice glass of wine, and you just it's moderation. You just don't go crazy, and that's why they're all skinny. So, <laughs> you know, I think with our kids, the same the same thing is keeping that 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 idea of um, of moderation, and of course, you know, we can't know any of our kids' paths, and so some of them are going to choose paths that are more challenging, harder, and some of them are going to skate through and. We just are going to influence them to, like, I just parented the best I could. And I was so excited to have this information because this really helped me do my best. 
and even though I wasn't perfect and in some areas probably not even that good, um, I did my best. Like I don't look back with too many regrets about things. I really tried really hard. And so even when they have struggles and challenges and things like that, for the most part, I I can handle that pretty well, like without taking it on or being too upset about it. And I think when when I see parents with a lot of regrets about the things that they did, and these are parents of, you know, kids that are already or adults, you know, like, oh, I wish I would have done all this stuff differently. I would be really sad. I would hate having that kind of regretful thing. And so that's one of the, the best things I think this class gave me was that um, I feel like I, you know, I did my very best. And for the most part, it was pretty good. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And I think my kids would agree. They, you know, they they actually appreciate all that I did within. You know, I had a lot of challenges too, and um, I think they appreciate most of what I did. And it was the communication that I got taking this class that I think that's what I know. That's why it came across well, and that my relationship with all of them is really, really strong. You know, whereas many of us just don't have a very strong relationship with our parents when that gets um, damaged during, usually during high school is when the relationships get really damaged. And us teenagers don't forgive real quick, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know. So, yeah. so figuring out how to, how to keep the communication going and keep the conversations going and all that I think is going to be really key. Um, I'll, I'll tell you one more story. This is teenagers, since you're talking about thinking into the future. Brianna, when she was um, 14, was it? I think it was when she was 14. She wanted to get her eyebrow pierced, and her friend wanted to get her belly button pierced. And this is before all that stuff was, I think now it's much more common, but back then it was, this would have been 15, 16 years ago. So it was before it became really crazy rampant. And I had been teaching my parenting teenagers workshop for like four years at that point. And one of the ideas in that workshop is that you ask your teenager to wait 30 days before making a big decision about something. And so her and her friend come to me with this, you know, I want to get my eyebrow pierced. Jen wants to get her belly button pierced. Will you take us? And I said, well, that sounds like a pretty big decision. And I'm like freaking out inside, okay? Like I don't want my daughter piercing her eyebrow. and. And, but I didn't express that. I was just like, that sounds like an interesting idea or whatever. I go, why don't the two of you research it online and I want you to wait 30 days. And this is when online was just starting too. It was pretty early. Um, and wait 30 days and then let's discuss it again. And so for all, like I just started praying basically. I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I can't have a kid with an eyebrow, but I don't want to go head to head with her on getting a power struggle because kids will go behind your back and do stuff, right? If, you know, if you tell them no, if they can do it, a pretty obstinate kid will go do it. And 
And I don't want to get myself in that position anyway. And so I'm trying to figure out, like, what am I going to do? Oh, my gosh, this is terrible. And I'm freaking out. And, I, and I'm trying to plan my attack. And at, at a certain point, a week or two into this, I just decided, you know what, I'm just going to um, pull rank on her. I'm just going to say, no, you can't do this. And I, I very rarely did that, especially with her, because she was a good decision maker for the most part. She um, needed a lot of... I thought she needed a lot of empowerment for her self-esteem to be able to make decisions about things. So I do not like pulling rank on her because she wasn't a kid who needed it at all. And so, but in my head, I just decided I was going to do that because I just, I couldn't visualize a way that I could live with her piercing her eyebrow at that point in time. And now if she had it, I would love it, but whatever. I, at that point in time, it wasn't in my <laughs> repertoire of things. You know, this is my first kid, and, you know, when you start experiencing this stuff, it's a little more freaky than once you've had a few kids and you start getting used to it. But, um, and so three weeks in, her and her friend Jennifer had been researching. They had called a few of the tattoo parlors and talked to them, and they came to me and they said, well, we talked to three tattoo parlors, and two of them said they wouldn't even do it for us because we're still growing. It would move. And the one, then the one who said they would, and we just, just really decided we don't really want to do it yet. We'll wait. And I was like, yay, thank you. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, I, you know, I didn't have to pull rank. But, like I said, it, when I was thinking through this, in, in that moment I decided I would have. And then flash forward to Michelle. When Michelle turned 16, she was she wanted to get her belly button pierced. And she was part of this big cheerleading team, and there was this whole thing. And this is, you know, five years later where it became much more common, and it wasn't such an outrageous thing to do. And so with her, she is a more rebellious kid. This is, this is a kid who I know for a fact, if I say no, she's going to go do it behind my back. And so I don't, again, I don't want to put myself in that position. So when she decided, first of all, she was two years older. Second of all, I did have to talk with her about one of the people in my class because I was talking about this with people I was teaching in my class. And one lady, she's like, oh, tell her not to do it. I had mine done and when I got pregnant. It hurt and this and that and it moved. And so I shared that story with her. And I said, but if you're still determined to do it, I'll support you. But I only have one requirement. And she's like, what is that? And I go, that I get to hold your hand while you're getting it done. <laughs> and so she's like, OK. So it was like me and her cheer coaches. And you know, we went down, and she got her belly button pierced. And it's only been, like, she's 20. She's going to be 26 at the end of this month. I think she got it when she was 16, so it's been 10 years. And it's just this last year where she started saying, eh, you know, she's not wearing the belly button piercings anymore. And she's like, eh, I kind of wish I hadn't done it. <laughs> it's like, oh, well. So what does that mean? I should have not let you do it. She's like, no, because, you know, she's like, I would have done it anyway, but blah, blah, blah. So those are just two stories. FYI, you guys, you know, you'll, you will encounter these things. And I think um, – Having the confidence now from the way that you're managing and handling power struggles and the way that you're communicating, um, have fun with it. Be excited because this is, this is where you're headed. <laughs> and they're great kids, and they do know how to make good decisions, and sometimes they don't. And when they don't, you get to be the safe haven, you know, if stuff happens, and you can be there to comfort them and support them. And so um, it's all okay. Emily, <laughs> you ready? Yes. Well, I, I mean, just to mi mimic or tell you that I had like everything pierced 
everything. Like oh, I really? That had my nose septum pierced, had my belly button, you know. And I took them out. By the time I was like 24, I went and got reconstructive surgery on my ears. I mean, it was like, oh my. And in hindsight, it's this thing that I'm like, oh, I wish I had known back then that I didn't, I wouldn't like it as an adult. Like, I didn't like how I, I felt like people looked at me when I was actually in my career, you know, when I got out of college. And it, it didn't last that long for me, but it, it's interesting. I had to do it. It was one of those things my mom couldn't have told me no. And at that point, when I got my ears stretched out, they I was over 18, so it wouldn't have mattered anyways. But, you know, it's something, at least I have that story to share with my kids and can show them the pictures of how hideous I looked with all of that. So <laughs> exactly. you would never know it now. <laughs> Yeah, and that, I mean, that's the only place you're going to have power because you just said it. My parents could have never talked me out of it, right? And so, yeah, yeah so your only power is going to be in your story. And I think that's where that's where I've excelled. <laughs> my, my kids are horrified at all the things that I've done. They're like, right. she would never do that. She would never do any of that stuff. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, and it's because I shared it because a lot of parents have stories and they're, they're afraid to share them with their kids, but it'll influence them badly. But I think, I think the empathy and the honesty policy works way better with our kids. That's my, right. my two cents. Yeah. I agree. Okay. So I think that should be it. Does anybody have any other questions or comments or anything they want to throw in here before I end the call? Um, Debbie, I don't know, if, am I on mute, or you can hear me? Yes, no, you're here. You're great. I hear oh, you. I, I don't have any questions. I just have a comment, and I just want to let you know that this, this parenting class has really helped change my relationship with Baron, um, and I'm, I'm just grateful for being able to improve my parenting um, and also kind of meet Baron where he's at and just love him more unconditionally than I have. Um, I've had huge success from this class, and I just wanted to let you know. Woohoo! Awesome. Uh, thanks. Yeah, I mean that's why I teach it because that's the kind of results I got from it. So I love sharing with other people, and um, yeah, it's great. It's great stuff, and it really does make a difference. So good for you guys for using it because that's the only way it works. <laughs> I can. I can. Teach, teach all I want, but it's you actually putting it into action with your kids that um, makes it believable when you, when you can see the results. So awesome. Thank you, Karen, for that. Okay, you guys, I will see you on Monday. We we're talking about handling feelings. That's a fun topic. You are. I'm guessing you found today's pep talk valuable and hopefully it gave you some practical tools and ideas for dealing with your children's behavior. If you'd like to work more deeply on these topics and similar topics, please join me over at my website, positiveparenting.com. I'll put a link in the description box here. I have classes starting all the time, classes that are self-directed where you can listen to lessons on your own time, and also Q&A calls where I answer your questions, just like the parents in these pep talks. So I hope again that you will like and share and rate this podcast and help more parents be able to see it and hear it and get help from it. Thanks again and happy parenting.